Welcome back to The Boy from Splendora, Texas by Wallace Gibbs. Peanut Brittle Wallace, it's time for you and Virgil to come in, Mama yelled from the opened kitchen window. Virgil and I heard the window slide shut and knew that there were no other options other than to go inside. See you tomorrow. Virgil said to Tyler as we all three began dusting the sand off of ourselves. I'll see you tomorrow, Tyler said as he headed towards his house directly across FM 2090. Tyler looked both ways and meandered across the hot asphalt road and onto the dirt driveway leading to his house. Lash, his German shepherd, met him at the gate and ushered him to the steps of the side door of the frame house where Tyler and his dad, Mr. Vella, lived. Virgil and I entered the utility room and rounded the corner into the kitchen. You two boys need to go take a bath, Mama instructed. We're going to leave for the sharps at six o'clock and you need to be ready. Yes, ma'am, we said in unison. I looked up at the round, white-faced clock on the wall over the green rotary wall phone. It was already 5.15. Man, I said to myself, time sure flies when you're having fun. I was slightly tired from maintaining my position as king of the hill. I turned and headed to the bathroom to go take my bath. I sure hope Mrs. Sharp makes some of her peanut brittle, I said as I got out of the bathtub. Me too, Virgil replied. Man, that stuff is good. Do you think Rusty still has that shoebox filled with those metal cars? I bet he does, Virgil replied. Boys, I heard Mama shout, we are leaving in five minutes. Yes, ma'am, I shouted back. We're coming. You better hurry, I told Virgil as I exited the bathroom. Virgil got out of the tub, dressed quickly, and joined the family in the dining area. I get the front seat, I shouted. You got the front seat last time, Virgil shouted back. I called it first, so I get it, I returned. That's not fair. Mama, that's not fair. He got the front seat last time, Virgil complained. First come... First served, I said. Wallace, you sit in the back with the girls. It's Virgil's time to sit up in the front with me and Daddy. Yay, Virgil said, celebrating his victory. The seven of us filed out of the house, through the utility room, and onto the driveway through the garage. I opened the back door to Daddy's new white 1976 Ford LTD that she still had just leased for him. I scooted over to the middle of the bench seat and placed a leg on each side of the hump in the middle of the floorboard. Charlotte entered the car after me and then Gino followed, shutting the door. Gail opened the opposite back door and climbed in. Wallace, you're going to have to scoot up, Charlotte said. There isn't room for all of us to sit back against the seat. Put both of your feet over on this side of the hump, Gail instructed. That way Jane and Charlotte can have the leg room on that half the car. I scooted up and Gail closed her door. 
Daddy backed the big Ford down the driveway onto FM-2090 and drove the two and eight-tenths miles into town, where he got onto Highway 59 and headed south towards New Caney. We passed over the Peach Creek Bridge, passed Mr. Wyndham's bar, and exited at the street where the church was located, because the Sharps' property was adjacent to the church property. Instead of entering the church parking lot, as was our usual custom, Daddy drove into the Sharps' driveway and killed the engine. Brother Skeeter met us on the wood deck that served as the front porch to the trailer house. Daddy made his way up the four wooden steps to the deck. We all followed suit, and Brother Skeeter hugged the females and shook Daddy, mine, and Virgil's hands. I'm glad that you could come over tonight, Brother Skeeter began. Boys, I have something special for you when we get inside. Virgil and I looked at each other and followed the rest of the family into the living room. Mrs. Sharp was at the kitchen sink and had watched us as we entered through the kitchen window above the sink that faced the driveway. Mrs. Sharp dried her hands on a towel and came over to greet each one of us. Like Mrs. Simons, Mrs. Sharp pulled me into a full hug and squeezed me tightly, letting me know that I mattered and that I was loved. Mrs. Sharp was not soft like Mrs. Simons. She was lean and firm, but that didn't change the meaning of the embrace. Virgil was afforded the same treatment and then retreated to the safety of Brother Skeeter's lap at the dinner table. Laverne, is there anything that I can do to help? Mama asked. No, Georgia, I have almost everything ready, she returned. Mama sat down at the table and joined Brother Skeeter and Daddy. Guess what I made, Mrs. Sharp announced. Peanut brittle? I asked hopefully. I sure did, she said, and I made enough for you to have two pieces. Wallace, you have to eat a good supper or you won't get any, Mama instructed. I will. I promised. Mrs. Sharp laughed and began getting out bowls from the cabinet next to the sink. Mrs. Sharp had the greatest laugh in that it was long and melodious. I always loved being around the Sharps, especially loved it when the Sharps came over to our house after church on an occasional Sunday night. Mama and Daddy would open up several cans of sardines, a box of saltine crackers, slice an onion, and open a package of Kraft sharp cheddar cheese. The conversations were lively, and ever so often you could hear Mrs. Sharp's characteristic laughter peal across the house. Brother Skeeter was much quieter and more reserved than Mrs. Sharp. He would sit listening to a conversation, quietly absorbing the words. Boys! Brother Skeeter began, I have something for you. What is it? I asked enthusiastically. Brother Skeeter grabbed Virgil and moved him off his lap to a standing position next to the kitchen table. I want both of you to close your eyes and hold out your hands. Virgil and I immediately complied and screwed our eyes closed. Brother Skeeter was at our house most Sunday mo Saturday mornings when Virgil and I got up. Mama would cook him and Brother Nelson and Brother Barlow breakfast as they sat and talked with Daddy. Most of the time, he would bring me and Virgil a candy bar 
or a bag of M&Ms. I held out both of my hands cupped together in anticipation of my prize. I felt something cool and metallic laid into my hands. Okay, you can open them. I looked into my palms and sitting there was a shiny new 1976 bicentennial silver dollar. Wow, thank you, Virgil and I gushed. You're welcome, Brother Skeeter answered back. I'm going to add this to my collection, I said. I have seven bicentennial 50 cent pieces, ten bicentennial quarters, and this makes my fifth bicentennial silver dollar. Why don't they make a bicentennial penny or a dime or a nickel, Virgil asked. I'm not sure, Brother Skeeter replied. Maybe they're too small to actually see the detail well enough. Virgil and I pondered this and then joined the girls and the sharp boys in the living room. After saying hello to Brother Skeeter and Mrs. Sharp, the girls had entered the living room and sat down on a three-cushioned couch that was backed up against the living room window. Brian and Ricky sat down in separate recliners while Rusty and Buster sat down on a two-cushioned sofa backed up against the opposite wall from where the girls were sitting. On the floor in the middle of the furniture there was a yellow gold oval rug made from a cord of fabric that was about an inch in diameter. The piece of cord started in the center of the rug and was wound in an oval pattern until the rug was about six feet long and four feet wide. The rings that made the cord were stitched together and were like that of an old tree. The television set was turned on and all of the teenagers were facing it, watching an episode of Emergency 51. Rusty, I began, do you still have all those cars? I think so, Rusty replied. Do you mind if Virgil and I play with them? I continued. Let me go see if I can find them. Why don't you come with me to Dad's office? I think that they're out there. Rusty led me out of the front door and toward Brother Skeeter's machine shop. The shop was a tall metal building that had an office attached to the side of it. Rusty and I entered through the door, and he turned on the light. I drew a quick breath when the light came on. Displayed on the shelves around the office were over 30 model cars and model airplanes that had been assembled for model kits and then painted. Wow! I exclaimed. Are all these yours? Most of them are, Rusty explained. I like to put them together and then customize their paint jobs. Are they the snap-together type or the ones that you have to glue together? These are all the glue-together type. They are harder to assemble but more satisfying because you feel like you've really accomplished something when you are finished, Rusty said. Can I see one? Yes, but be careful. Here is a 1957 Chevy. It's one of my first glue-type models. That is awesome, I said as I held the car and turned it around in my hand. Rusty went to the back of the office and began to dig around in a filing cabinet. Here are those metal cars you wanted, he said as he handed me a shoebox filled to the brim while at the same time 
retrieving the 1957 Chevy from me. Thank you. Being in the 8th grade, Rusty no longer played with metal cars. Virgil and I didn't care why he still had them, because it gave us something to do during visits to the Sharps. Rusty and I returned to the house. Once inside, I headed to the living room, right in the middle of the oval rug. Wallace, Mama began from her perch in the kitchen, don't pour those out right now, because we're fixing to eat supper. You and Virgil have plenty of time to play afterwards because we are going to play a game of 42 after we eat. I set the cars down on the longest of the coffee tables as Rusty walked past me, tussling my hair. Let's eat, Mrs. Sharp announced. All of us kids stood up and headed to the kitchen where Brother Skeeter, Mrs. Sharp, Mom and Daddy were. Ricky turned the TV off. We all knew what to do and waited expectantly for Brother Skeeter to announce who was going to say the blessing for the meal. Jane, Brother Skeeter began, do you mind blessing the food? Our Father in Heaven, Daddy began, and as usual, he paused for a brief second to let the silence sink in. Thank you for the food that we're about to receive, and thank you for the friendship that we share with the Sharp family. Please go with the services tomorrow and bless the words that you have, Brother Cherry, delivered to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, we all said in unison. Wallace, Mama began, I'll fix you and Virgil a bowl. Why don't you go and sit down at the coffee table? I'll get them something to drink, Mrs. Sharp announced. Virgil and I sat on the floor next to the coffee table and scooted our legs underneath it. Mama delivered a bowl, half full of chili, to each of us. Mrs. Sharp brought two Tupperware glasses of iced sweet tea and set them down in front of us. I get the blue cup, I announced. Good, Virgil replied. I like yellow anyway. Ricky Brian, Buster, and Rusty, along with Gina, Charlotte, and Gail, all returned with their bowls and sat down on the couch. Virgil and I listened as the Sharp Boys and the Gibbs girls chatted about school, jobs, and whatever else was going on. As soon as we finished eating, Virgil and I put our bowls in the kitchen sink, returned to the living room, and dumped the box of cars out. As was typical, we went into our own world, creating roads and scenarios with the metal cars. The only thing that brought us back to reality was when Mrs. Sharp made an announcement. I also made two pecan pies, so I put your peanut brittle in a Tupperware container for you to take home. Drat, I thought to myself, I'd rather have peanut brittle. Everyone finished their piece of pecan pie. The conversation swirled around me and Virgil as we continued playing with the cars. The clink of the dominoes could be heard and peals of laughter, or victory, were echoed throughout the room. Around ten o'clock, Daddy stood up and announced that it was time to go. Skeeter and Laverne, he began, I'll see you at church tomorrow. The rest of us got up, said our goodbyes, and got in the car. I was tucked safely in between Charlotte and Gail. My stomach was full, 
My heart was full, and so I laid my head against Charlotte's arm and drifted off to sleep. Wallace, I heard Mama shout, it's time to get up and go let the chickens out. I cracked open one of my eyes and saw that I was in my bed and it was Sunday morning. How or when I got to bed, I didn't know. I just knew that life was good. Thank you for joining me for Peanut Brittle by Wallace Gibbs.